As human beings, we are focused on four main pillars in life, our body and health, our mindset and personal development, our connections and relationships, and last but not least, our business and career. With this show, you are going to learn evidence-based strategies that have stood the test of time to improve each of these aspects within your life. Our goal is to help you create a life by design. And without any further ado, welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. This is the first Tailored Life Q&A. Yep, Tailored Life Podcast Q&A episode 543. It's a lot of, a lot of episodes. Or. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited for this transition, man. Me too. It's going to be uh going to be a good year. Yeah, I'm excited. I I said this a few times I was like 2020 was so bad that 2021 can't not be good. Yeah. You know, because even if the pandemic continues or it rises up again higher or something else crazy happens. Who knows? We're ready for it. Yeah. I mean, we're as a, as a culture, we're resilient now because it was like, I, I remember when we had uh, Blakely's birthday in March and it was like the week before they said they were going to start yeah. shutting shit down. Oh, that's right. And I was kind of like, should people be over right now? This is kind of weird. And everybody was kind of like keeping their distance, but didn't want to be that guy. Cause it was so new yep. that they were like, am I being weird or yeah. And then sure enough, like the next week they're like, everything's closed. Yeah. So, but, and, and it's escalated, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for 2021. I think it's going to be a really good year for the team. I think it's going to be a really good year for this podcast. Um, I'm just overall excited, man. The charity went well. We're going to be donating about two grand to, well, we're going to round make it up. Make a wish. Yeah. To make a wish. Um, which is great because after paying for shipping, I mean, we had some people that bought from Europe and stuff, so shipping is expensive as yeah. fuck. So we, we priced things properly to where no matter what, we had some donation coming from every shirt. Good. Um, but we're going to donate about two grand, which is actually a pretty big thing because the more expensive Make-A-Wish things they do are about 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And that's like we're flying a kid across the country to meet somebody and do something, you know what I mean? It, they got to pay for lodging. They got to pay for their family to come with them. They got to pay Damn. for food i mean it's a it's a big deal you know so two grand will either a contribute to a kid getting that one final wish before potentially passing away yeah or it's for somebody who is uh the way i believe i understood it is if somebody recovers from cancer recovers from something crazy and they want a playset, or maybe they're they're doing their chemo home stuff and they want a playset. yeah before you know what i mean like this contributes to that. That's awesome. So it kind of, it goes a long way. So, and stuff like that, like two grand is going to provide many kids, different things. So I was, I was pretty pumped about that, um, that we were able to do that. And then it went well and the shirts turned out dope. Yeah. These shirts. Yeah. Turned out dope. Yeah. I don't have one. Yeah. Not yet. Boss doesn't give me any. Yeah. I got everybody on the team except <laughs> Travis one. <laughs> no, I like them. I like the, you got uh, my brother-in-law one. <laughs> I like the charity shirts too. Yeah. That was sick. That de- that Oasis design. Yeah, yeah. I was pumped about that. I, I will say, I like the camo better. Yeah? Just because I love camo, dude. It was one I, of mean, the, I think those are dope, but the, I like the Oasis dude, better. The, the only thing I asked for for Christmas was camo pants. What? Yeah. That's what that was only. Shannon's like, what do you want? I'm like, camo pants. She's like, no, seriously. I'm like, I want camo pants. I don't have any camo. I used to love wearing camo. That's so weird. Dude, I had like four, I like it, but four pairs of camo cargos. That's what I'm talking about. Cargo shorts. Yeah. Sick. I had to get rid of them. I was I, like... A Wiz fan, obviously. So, like, yeah. high socks, Chuck Taylors, a white tee, and cargo shorts that were camel every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. Yeah. But, it's kind of a skater vibe, too. Yeah, yeah. it is. But, um, no, she got me some Xanarobe, like, jogger 
camo one. They're dope. Sick. Yeah, I'm pumped about that. Uh, but I just love the camo, man. I think the camo's sick. I love Oasis, but the camo's dope. Um, I had a lot of people hit me up and say, like, can we get one? But prob- probably not going to release them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not anytime soon. It's exclusive. Yeah, and and you will get one. Oh, uh, it's funny because when CJ, my brother-in-law, came in, I was like, oh, dude, I got your shirt. He was like, damn, dude, thank you. And I was like, I don't have the heart to tell you that it's just they sent the wrong size. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave it to you. But Which I'm glad they did because now a couple yeah. extra people get shirts, which yeah. is dope. But, um, but yeah, uh, I think eventually, just so people know, eventually we will have like a, a cool little shop. Storefront. Storefront yeah. on the website. And we'll probably take We're like. We're working on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably take the top like. You know, the classic black design, we'll probably take this because everybody loves this one. I want the Oasis one, obviously. You just said that you weren't going to sell those. I know. (laughs) But if we get a storefront, I have no reason not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then so we'll throw some some shirts and some hoodies. They got cool half zips and shit like that, and we'll figure it out. Dope. um, I want to get a good hat, too, like a good dad hat. That'd be sick. The one that... Like a a strap? Yeah. Yeah. The one I have, the logo's just too big. Yeah. You know, I want the logo tiny. Yeah. Or just TCM. Yeah. That would be sick. Um, but Dude, more, more to come TCM small would be sick. And I think, like, making it tailored life apparel would be sick. Podcast apparel. Yeah. Oh I mean, it's God. just like, I mean. That's but so dope if someone rocks that. Tailored life, to me, isn't just a podcast, you know. It, it's, it is the way we coach. And, so, like, if you look at, like, Lisa's probably the best example we have of this. But everybody on our team, like, the conversation we have when they start is like, what do you want your life to be? Yeah. It's like, man, I want to travel. I want to go to, back to school. I want to do this. I want to do this. Okay, cool. Let's mold your career around you being able to do that. And Let's tailor it. Making money to support that, yeah. you know? That's a tailored life. Yep. You know, that's so dope to me. Um, I'm 100% getting tailored life tattooed on me somewhere. That's dope. At some point in time. Yeah. I just don't know where to put it yet. Tailored life or? Yeah. Probably tailored life. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. If I do my hands, I thought about doing it right here, tailored life. Yeah. But the hands are a big commitment. Yeah. So I'm undecided. You pay me enough. I'll do it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, your I, first tattoo. Yeah. Tailored life. Tailored life. Sick. God Just damn. get it on your like, upper thigh, bro. Yeah. I almost, got, it. I almost got one in Nashville. But. So you, you want to know what me and my brother are going to get next time we're together? Probably not. We made an agreement that we would next time we should see each you, other. Should you be saying this on the podcast? Absolutely. It's okay. funny. <laughs> um, and because uh, he moved to Texas. And so yeah. we were like. We talk stuff on the phone every once in a while, and we're just, like, bullshitting about tattoos. And he was, like, because uh, we used to love the, the show Dude, Where's My Car when we were kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you remember the scene? The show or the movie? The movie. Oh, yeah, do yeah. Do you remember yeah. the scene where they get tattoos? And yeah, one of them gets Dude, yeah. and one of them gets Sweet yeah. on their back. And they can't see it because they turn around, and he goes, what's mine say? Dude, what's mine say? Sweet. No, but what's mine say? Dude. And they keep going back and forth and then they start fighting because they don't know that they're saying, this is what it says. So me and Vinny were like, let's get dude and sweet. And we'll do it like on our thigh or something. So it's like hidden. Uh, And we were like sitting there and I was like, the question is, who's more of the dude and who's more of the sweet? You're sweet. That's what I said. Vinny's super dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we, that's exactly what we said. We immediately both were like, you're dude. Yeah. I'm sweet. Yeah. (laughs) So... That'll be fucking hilarious. What is the other movie like? It's two names. Harold and Kumar? No. And they're like... Stark Scene Hutch? No. Close. Someone and someone, and they're like Stupid Adventure. That new... Oh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's... Yeah. yeah. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure, I think it is. They made a new one. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. No. 
I used to love that, dude. We uh, when you or <laughs> when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, when you ordered Domino's pizza, they gave you Bill and Ted DVD in the box. No, I swear to God, it was either Domino's or Pizza Hut. It was so weird, and we just got it, and we we're like, "What the fuck is this?" Watch it. A whole movie for a pizza? Yeah, and we we're like, "This is the dopest movie ever." So we bought all the <laughs> Bill and Ted's. <laughs> Me and Benny used to love that show. Wow. Yeah, this says a lot about maybe like me a, as a kid. Maybe like a $2 coupon off the DVD. No, they literally gave you a DVD. Whoa. Weird. Yeah, it was cool. Back Weird. then, too. Yeah, that's expensive back yeah. then. People are listening like, this guy's favorite movies are Dude, Where's My Car? It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot about my childhood. <laughs> All right, let's get into this yeah, Q&A. I'm excited for this Q&A because I feel like we haven't recorded Q&A in weeks. It really has been weeks since we recorded one. Yep. Christmas and then... Taylor Life. Yeah. So everybody listening, by the way, I say this every time, but please click the link in the description, fill out the form for a question. We love when we get your guys' question because we can go in depth. Um, and then I don't have to hound people for questions. It's nice when we get them sent into us. So that is in the show notes of this podcast. All right. So where are we starting, Orange? Yep. All right, guys. So the first question here is uh, coming from Tabby. It says, what are some things to look for when when thinking of ending a bulk to start cutting, it's been about four months. I am not sure if I should keep going for two or three more months. I've gained about 10 pounds, but I am still pretty lean. I want to start a cut, but I'm considering continuing my bulk for two or three more months. My question is, what are the things that signify someone should start cutting? That I mean, the most obvious one is too much body fat. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there, there's, to me, there's really only uh, three situations where you should end the bulk and start cutting or, or know that it's time to go through a fat loss phase. One of them is very rare. And that's if you, you have health issues because of weight gain, which anybody doing a bulk is, is very, I've never seen anybody gain so much weight that they get really unhealthy because that's just becoming obese. Right? So that really never plays out. The other two ways are a little bit more common. The first one is you just put on a little bit too much fat. So let's say you're four months in and you're like, I probably overshot my calories. I gained a little bit too much weight too fast. Yes, I put on muscle, but I clearly put on too much fat in the process. I'm going to go through a mini cut. This is where you go, all right, I'm going to do a cut for four to eight weeks. I just took somebody through a mini cut uh, after bulking for like seven months. And we took her through a six week mini cut. Super aggressive, get as much weight as off as we can in six weeks, and then jump back into to closer to maintenance. And then we're going to start her show prep because she's going to do a bikini competition in a few months. Um, so it was kind of a way for us to test the waters, get her a little bit leaner before we spend a little time maintaining. But point being is when you get to a point where you're like, I'm just a little bit too heavy to be comfortable. For because sure. there is something to say about, you know, building muscle is easier when you accept fat accumulation. So the person that is like, all right, I'm going to gain weight and I don't care how much fat I gain, right? Yeah. So they gain 20 pounds, right? And this person gains 10 pounds, but they went slower and they stayed leaner. Both put on a good amount of muscle, but the person who put on fat probably put on more muscle because when you're in such a high energy surplus, you're more likely to be in an anabolic state. It's just going to happen. The mm-hmm. downside is that you put on fat. Yeah. So when you cut, now we have to be careful with how we strip that fat off without removing muscle tissue as well because going into a diet, there's always the potential of muscle loss. But... um. So there is a situation where people probably should cut, but they're okay with being a little overweight because they're just trying to put on muscle. And that's fine. Usually that's like a guy that's more into like strength and powerlifting. They don't really care about how lean they are. But for most people, like in her situation, 
when you get to a place where your body fat's just a little too high for you to actually be comfortable, when you start being self-conscious, your food, your uh, clothes aren't fitting, like you're not super hungry, like you don't want to eat because you have that that feeling of insecurity. Like yeah. you just feel too too heavy. I would pull back. I would I would start to cut. Um, one thing I would say is I don't think four months is enough to get the most out of a, a gaining phase. You can technically gain in three to four months, and that's fine. But really wanting to build as much muscle as possible, you got to spend at least six months, in my experience. That's what I've seen, um, especially as a female. Now, the other time that we want to start a cut after a bulk is if all results just slow down, right? So, like, you're you're not really getting PRs in the gym. You're, you're not getting a good pump in the gym, which means your insulin sensitivity is probably pretty poor at this point. Um, and you're not building muscle, clearly. So, maybe you're not even gaining weight, and you're just kind of like maintaining on high calories. Now you've gained all that you could potentially gain in this period of time. It's time for a cut because any longer you're just staying heavier for no reason, right? Get into a cut. Um, using myself as an example, we spent, I spent three months at maintenance and eight months in a surplus. So I did three months maintenance going into this, then went into a surplus, stayed in a surplus for eight months, gaining as much weight as I could. By the time we got to the end of that eight months, I knew I was in a place where it's like, one, I wanted to start seeing my abs again. Two, I wasn't seeing continued progress. Like, I, I really felt like I squeezed all the juice out of the lemon kind of thing, you know? Um, and then number three, like, I could just tell that, like, this bulk is done. It's time to cut, you know? And, and if you look at timeline, too, I'm thinking, okay, I want to do a photo shoot in spring. I better start cutting now because mm-hmm. then that gives me six months to prepare for that. Then I can reverse diet into the summer. Right. And so like timeline wise, you got to think about it too. Um, but yeah, those are the biggest signs. I mean, the, the main thing is, is if pumps stop in the gym, progression stops, you're not gaining good weight anymore, get out of the bulk. Or if you put on too much fat. Yeah. That's it. Good answer. All right. So the next question comes from Melissa Medina. I don't know if it's Medina or Medina, but either or Melissa, I want to decrease muscle mass. I'm a female, 37 years of age, mainly do CrossFit, and I track my macros. I'm used to your typical nutrition protocol for cutting and gaining muscle, but how will protein change if I want to shed muscle? Also, how would training change? I typically work out four times a week now, mainly strength training and 10-minute accessory uh, wad and a CrossFit wad once a week. Thank you. Um... I always have a hard time answering questions about removing muscle because first, my first thing is like, why would you want to lose muscle? The second thing is, is like muscle is healthy. So it's like losing muscle is not a healthy thing to do. So I have a hard time giving that advice. And I understand there's some women that are like, I've put on a little bit too muscle, much muscle for me to feel like feminine. Like I yeah. like, I've, I've heard that and I get it, but it's just not the healthiest thing. Certain, certain women just put on muscle easier than others, you know? Um, but I would bring protein down to below 0.8 grams per pound. We know that 0.8 grams per pound of body weight is the ideal minimum, uh, upwards of 1.2 grams per pound. But if, so, so right there you go, okay, if I'm at at least, I would drop it to at least 0.8 grams per pound. And that includes protein that you're getting from plants and carbs and fats and all that kind of stuff, not just protein. Um, But if you really want to push that I would go like 0.7, 0.6 grams per pound, which I'd never recommend, but that's that's the best way to slow muscle protein synthesis down and lose some muscle tissue. Um, the other thing I would say is you could literally go vegan or yeah. vegetarian, 
specifically vegan. Vegan protein is just very unbioavailable. So one, it's easier to hit a lower protein count. And two, it's not as effective for muscle. So if you want to not gain any muscle and lose muscle, like going on a low protein vegan diet is probably the best route to go with. Um, um, I would probably pull back on strength training a little bit. I think like if you do strength training, you're, you're, you're activating muscle, you know, CrossFit is fine. Um, but I, I would probably like do low rep strength training or purely metabolic work like cardio style stuff, because anytime you're staying in that, you know, five to 15 rep range, you're going to be building muscle, right? You're still going to build muscle from sets of three or four or whatever, but just not, it's not as likely, right? So if you really don't want to build muscle, really, really low rep, heavy strength training and like endurance, metabolic, high intensity cardio, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then just lower protein significantly or straight up go vegan. Yeah. I think that's the best route. It's just hard advice to give because usually it's always like, how can I build more muscle? Yeah. You know, let me give you all the reasons to do that. And it's like, well, fuck, I don't. And and I think like an athletic physique looks great on a female, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. Like there's, I mean, there's some CrossFit games that are are really jacked. Yeah, Uh, They're more jacked than me and I just feel small, but there's some that I think look great, Mm -hmm. you know, but again, like you said, everybody's body, they get to choose, you know, what they want. So I have to respect that. It's, it's just, it's much harder to lose muscle than people realize. Yeah. So, which is funny. It's ironic because a lot of people really fear losing muscle. Like, oh, I'm going to go on a diet or I'm not going to train. I can't train for a week because I'm going on vacation. Am I going to lose muscle? No. It's very, very difficult to lose muscle. So when somebody says, I want to, it's like, fuck, well, that's going to be hard. But, yeah. And the problem is if you like training, one of the biggest stimuluses to build muscle is training. Yeah. So like, if you're like, I love training, but I want to lose muscle. I'm like, well, you got to stop training. Well, is there a difference between losing muscle and shedding muscle yeah i mean uh, to me that's the same thing one's doing it on purpose one is well if you think about like how muscle is so like the only thing i could see being different is like make maybe making a muscle smaller yeah right but in order to make a muscle smaller you have to literally strip away muscle fibers and muscle tissue if you strip away muscle fibers and muscle tissue the muscle gets smaller but guess what that's because you lost muscle yeah you know so there's really it's just like when people say like oh I don't want to build muscle. I want to get toned. And it's like, well, getting toned means that you have a good amount of muscle and then you lose fat. Mm-hmm. There is no, you can't tone a muscle. You can't shape a muscle. You can't change the, the, the composition or the density of a muscle. You can just build muscle or you can lose fat or both, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the only route you got to stop training as much lower your protein intake below 0.8 grams per pound in perfect world. If you really want to lose muscle or, and not gain any more, I would go vegan. Mm. Cause like even with like, and that's nothing against vegans. It's just, it is more difficult to build muscle as a vegan. It's harder. So when we work with a vegan client and they want to build muscle, <clears throat> we do have to incorporate creatine amino acids and leucine between meals. We have to really prioritize certain protein sources at certain times. We always have to have a vegan protein shake because that's the only way to hit protein without cranking carbs and fats up too much. So it's, it's a much more meticulous process. For sure. Um, I always try to make that clear because I don't want people to think I'm hating on vegans because yeah. there's, there's people that do it for ethical reasons and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. But you just have to be ready to be more meticulous with your diet because there are health things that are missing. I mean, even with vitamins and minerals and omega-3s and stuff like that that you're going to miss in a vegan diet unless you supplement or unless you're peculiar with what you're eating within that diet. For sure. 
There's a water bottle right there. <laughs> All right, cool. Next one is from uh, Tiffany Orlowski. She says, I follow an upper-lower split, and when working out at home, I only have access to a barbell and dumbbells, so my lower body workouts, which are twice a week, are all compound lifts, such as squats, lunges, hip thrusts, remaining deadlifts, and sumo deadlifts. Would you recommend doing all five exercises, both workouts, or is there a better way to program that would be better for fatigue management? Would I recommend doing what, all four workouts? Uh... Would you recommend doing all five exercises, both workouts? Mm. Or is there a better way to program for fatigue management? And she can only work out how many days a week? Uh, With those, it's two times a week. Two times a week at home. She only has those three things. Dumbbell, barbell. Yep. Um, I would do different movements each time, but you're definitely going to repeat certain muscle. Like, you're going to repeat the muscle groups. But... I would like with people like this. I always go full body. Yeah, and I always go think of like push pull, uh, push pull, hip squat, core. So push day one can be bench press. Pull can be uh, barbell row. Uh, hip can be RDL or hip thrust, and squat can be front squat, back squat, split squat, whatever you want, and then something for your core. Farmers walks, plank, something like that. Day two, push will be an overhead press. Pull will be a pull down um, or just another variation of a horizontal pull. Um, hip hinge would be a different variation, maybe a single leg RDL. And then squat would be a different unilateral squat pattern, pistol squat, Bulgarian squat, something like that. And then, again, something for your core. And then you can throw in arms, isolation, you know, uh, more glute work, whatever you want on top of that. But if you just do that push, pull, hip, knee, core, like that covers all your bases in a full body manner, you're going to hit every muscle group twice a week, which is the best you can do in that situation. And you don't repeat the same movement, which would cause sometimes a uh, overuse injury. So if I bench and then three days later I'm benching again, it's going to be the same movement pattern. It might irritate my joints after a while. I'd rather go bench day one, overhead press day two, or even floor press or incline press, some kind of different variation on the second day. Um, But is she, was she asking that how to optimize recovery because she trains back-to-back days, like they're two days in a row? She didn't really say, she didn't say that. She just says, uh, is there a better way to program that would better, that would be better for fatigue management? And she can only work out two days a week. I follow an upper low, upper lower split, and when working out at home, I only have access to barbells. Oh. So my lower body workouts, which are two days a week. So she trains four days a week, but her lower body days have to be at home. Home. Ah, okay. So different story. Um, same same theory though. Same concept. I would go uh, different movement patterns each day, and you're just changing the rep ranges on each movement pattern. So day one, you might start with a squat, and you're going three to five reps. So you're going heavier on that squat. And then you follow that up with an RDL, right? Like a hip hinge. And you're going 8 to 10 reps, more hypertrophy-based. Same day. Same day. Okay. And then you do some isolation work, like pistol squats and leg curls or something. And then day two, you start with a deadlift mm-hmm. from the floor for 3 to 5 reps, heavy. And then you go front squat or split squat for 8 to 10 reps. So higher rep. And then you finish with isolation work again. A little bit of quad, a little bit of hamstring. Um, but if you do that, you're you're not repeating, you're repeating the same movement patterns with different variations and different intensities. And that's the big key. Just like any upper lower split day one upper, you're going to do, uh, you know, your chest, you're going to work in the 
three to six rep range. And day two on your chest, you're going to work it in the eight to 12 rep range, right? Two different intensities, two different rep ranges. That's probably going to be the best way to program for most people, unless you're a highly advanced individual with a specific goal like powerlifting. In that case, we got to do more specific training with more specific periodization. But an undulation like that or concurrent style is, is perfect for gem pop. For sure. um, so I would do that here for sure. Nope. And keep it simple. Yeah. Have you ever tried to find the lab results or the qualifications behind the supplements you're taking? Probably not. In fact, it's pretty hard to find because the supplement industry can be a shady place. And it's really hard to do background checks to find out where the, the, the products and the ingredients are sourced and see if there's any lab tests publicly available online. But the cool thing about Legion is they give you all the information you can possibly need and provide you with content around education for training and nutrition outside of the supplement industry. So they'll teach you how to improve your body without their product, but they'll give you a product that supplements that to help benefit you and get better results along the way. Not to mention they're on Labdoor, so you can see their rankings as one of the top supplement companies for purity and quality that is on the market. I cannot recommend them enough, and I've been recommending them to clients, members, uh, my friends, my family, everybody for years. I've been using them for years, and now to have them as a podcast sponsor is pretty damn cool. So if you enter your promo code BOOMBOOM, you'll save 20% on your first order and start collecting points. You can also head over to buylegion.com slash BOOMBOOM. Now, without any further ado, let's get back to the podcast. Cool. Great. Uh, let's, uh, oh man. I'm going to have to pronounce this. Next one comes from Anja Civic. I think it's Anya. Well, I have a friend that's named Anya. is A-N-J-E, but it could mm-hmm. be, I guess. I want to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think, because I know who this is. I want to say for she's from Sylvania. Mm. I'm not 100% sure. All right. Anja or Anya Civic. Ways to get knee up in the apartment. Ways to get... Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. <laughs> Organization? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, ways to get knee up in the apartment. Active breaks during computer work and things like that. Been sitting all the time and the weather has been terrible around here. So I don't get n- nearly enough movement. So ways to get your knee up. Um, Ways to get your knee up in an apartment. Um, It's hard. Like, I mean, if, and, and I, so like this sounds pretty hardcore, but get an umbrella. Like, I literally go on a walk every night with, and half the time I take an umbrella. Because I get home and I look at my fucking Apple Watch and it says I have 6,000 steps. And our week, our daily goal right now is between nine to 9,500 steps a day. You and Shannon? Just me. Oh. I mean, for this cut. Oh. We have a step count every day that I'm trying to hit. You said we, so I was confused. Me and my coach. Okay. And, uh, and, and so when Blakely goes down at 8, 830, <laughs> grab the umbrella, go pitch, walk around. Pitch dark. Yeah. Go walk around the, damn, we're getting blown up today. Yeah. Um, Go walk around the apartments, yeah. you know? Um, once we get into the house, I'll be walking through the trails again, which actually is fucking sketchy at yeah. 8 p.m. It's kind of scary. You know the winter? Yeah. It's scary in the woods. You see a wolf or something. Dude, I've gone on walks, like, right after dinner, and it's, like, 6 p.m., and it's light out, and then I get, like, halfway through the trail, and it gets dark, and I'm like, fuck, I got to go back. Yeah. And I've had deer jump in front of me across the trail while I was walking, and I lost it. Like, it's, it's, it's so scary. But, uh... But point being is, is you know what? Like I get to the end of the night and I'm like, I didn't have time to take as many walks throughout the day as I wanted to because I'm fucking busy. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? I'm going to grab an umbrella and go on a walk. It's I live in Washington. It's raining damn near every day right now. Yeah. So there's Absolutely. no way around that. But 
Um, that's my hardcore bro piece of advice, grab an umbrella and just get her done. Um, the other thing you could do is, and this sounds crazy, but pace, like when you're doing something, pace back and forth. Like I literally, if I'm on a call, if I'm doing something on my phone at the office, I will literally just pace back and forth. One, I'm a fidgety person, but two, get my steps in. You know, I can't really go anywhere. This office is 500 square feet. Yeah. I literally take like 10 steps forward, 10 steps back, 10 steps forward, 10 steps back. But that's okay. Get my steps in. I'm, all I'm doing is fucking Instagramming or talking to somebody on the phone. So why not? Um, that would be the best way to do it in an apartment. The best way to do it without doing circles in your apartment would be to get an umbrella if you need to, get a big jacket and go outside and just, just keep walking. Yeah, just get her done. And uh but other than that, like I mean, you're already doing it. You're standing up, you're moving, like there's there's only so much you can control with that. Sometimes it's better to go, okay, normally like I want a good need of ten thousand steps a day, but in this situation, six is more realistic. I'm just gonna lower my calories a little bit. Like eat a little bit less food. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just, just drop your need a little bit. Cause even 9,000 is fucking hard for me to get, man. That's, I mean, that's why I'm out with an umbrella at night, but, um, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the best way to go. There's not a real good answer for that one. Yeah. Dope. All right. Simply says, that's the next question. What nutrition search do you and your team most commonly have? Mm. Does that mean a cert that you all have most in common? I think like what certifications have we all taken that are in common? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that meant which certification is the most common to take. Mm, no, I think it's, it's for the team. Okay. Um, the most common across the board are going to be precision nutrition and NCI. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to say every, almost everybody has both of those. Um, a few of us have MNU Mac nutrition university, which I've, I've always said I, probably think is the best it's it's a year long but it's it's one of the more in-depth ones that actually covers all the bases and it's it's extremely evidence-based yeah um I, me and uh martin mcdonald the guy who runs mac nutrition his assistant and i were going back and forth i'm trying to get him on the podcast but that's a great cert i i did that and a couple other on my team did at mnu i know a handful of us have done nci which is a great one a handful of us have done pn i think i'm the only one with pn1 and pn2 both of which i think are year-long courses as well mm-hmm. um those are much more focused on i think it, it really kind of depends on your client right like if you if you're working with a person that needs to build habits uh create a healthier lifestyle they need behavior change help they need uh, guidance, motivation, emotional intelligence. Like you got to really like work with them and connect with them. I think precision nutrition is amazing because their main focus is behavior change. How do I get this person who isn't dieting, who is overweight, who doesn't have a healthy lifestyle to see a different path and make changes? Like, right. Whereas NCI gets a little more technical. Like what are the macros this athlete or this client needs? How do I prescribe those macros? So on and so forth. What is a reverse diet? Yeah. So on and so forth. MNU Kind of covers everything, which is what's nice about MNU. Um, right now, I'm doing the Nutrition Sports Association certification, and uh, I might be setting up my coaches with that one. I really like it. It's 14 to 16 weeks long, I think, and it's uh, it's good. It gets it gets into some pretty advanced topics. I mean, it's it's a certification that gets you a, a, an actual in insured license as a sports nutritionist which yeah. is kind of a next level up yep. so they go in pretty in depth um with some of the shit that they they talk about and they go into but i love it and there's great presentations in there and it's all evidence-based um so that's another one i recommend 
Um, and then the other certs are all like just personal training, you know. And then we have people like like you know uh, Brian has his uh, CISSN, which is a really good cert, um, but it's it's not really a cert; it's a self study test. So it's basically like you you buy the textbook, you read it, and then you can pay to take the test. And the test is like 150 questions, and it's you got to memorize a lot of detailed Damn, shit. Pretty intense. It's really intense. Um, it's not the best setup for a test as far as like helping you learn. But if you can pass it, you know what you're doing. So it's kind of one of those things where other coaches look at it like, damn, well done. But like if a new coach is like, what should I do? I'm not going to say that, (laughs) you know, because there's not a lot of like handholding to get you through the process, which I think you need as a young coach. Guidance. Um, But Brian on our team has CISSN. Um, Brandon Roberts obviously has a PhD, so he doesn't even need certs. He's got like, he's a doctor. (laughs) He's at the top. Does he Um, have any? I'm sure he does. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I know he was a certified trainer, but I'm sure he has multiple certs. But at the same time, like if you have your master's and your PhD in, in sports nutrition, muscle physiology and all that kind of stuff, what is a cert? Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. need that. Um, Haley's yeah. going to have her master's and her RD. So we have a few people that have, I mean, and Brian went to school for it too, you know, but I think the most common certs are going to be NCI and PN. My favorite to recommend to any everyday coach is going to be MNU. And then for the more advanced people who are looking for like an upper level thing, probably the nutrition coaching or uh, sports nutrition association sports S N a. Yeah. It's so there's sports nutrition uh, association, Australia, and then they just opened it up in USA. Oh, dope. Yeah. So, um, cool. All right, um, on to the next one. We got one from Lori Lakehite. When you cut after maintenance, do you slowly go back down like you reversed up? Um, it depends on how long ago you reversed up. So if, if I take somebody through a reverse diet and then they're at maintenance for six plus months, 100% I go down slow. Because at that point, you're, you're at a normal maintenance. You've brought homeostasis back to a normal place, right? Um, we can kind of inch your calories down and test the waters and see how things are going, you know? But if somebody reverse diets, they're at maintenance for two months, like mm-hmm. it's just a maintenance block, and you try to go down slow, they're just not going to lose weight, and you're just prolonging the time it takes to start losing fat. So I'd rather go, okay, like if I'm eating – I have this client at 1500 calories, which is like the deepest part of their deficit. We reverse them up to maintenance. We leave them at maintenance at, for two months. And then we are just like, all right, we're going to jump back in and try to lose that last five pounds. I'm going right back to 1500. Yeah. That low point, because it's not long enough to completely repair physiological state of being or your hormonal status. And I'd rather get the most out of it instead of me going, all right, well, let's try to inch down. And then you're just spending weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, not losing any fat slowly lowering your calories gotcha. right when we could have just stayed up here and maintained or we could have gone down here and actually lost and not wasted all that time in between gotcha um however like i went really slow with this cut like we we dropped like just a little bit of calories i started losing weight and then it plateaued dropped a little bit of calories like it's been babying this whole time but that's also because like i said before i bulked for eight months straight so it's kind of new territory you yeah. know and i was at maintenance for three months after, before that so the last time i dieted was a year ago so like if we look back a year, it's like, well, where did your calories end up? Well, I don't remember. First of all, I can look it up. And on top of that, it doesn't even fucking matter because I've built more muscle tissue. I've gained fat. I've eliminated stress. I've gotten more sleep. Like time has passed. Yeah. 
it's irrelevant. Like now it's a, it's starting from a fresh slate. So the answer is yes and no. It depends on how long. If you reverse diet and you stay at maintenance for a good amount of time, then yes, you can slowly go back down just fine. Um, but if you reverse diet, just take a little maintenance block and then you jump back into it, I think you should get right back into that deep deficit or that aggressive deficit because that's going to guarantee results. And you don't, nothing's worse than dragging it along for weeks, eating less, but not losing any weight. Yeah. You know, if you're at 2000 calories and we go, all right, let's try 1900, nothing happens. 1800, nothing happens. 1700, finally start losing a little weight. You're like, fuck, I just wasted three weeks eating less than I was before. Yeah. Frustrating. Without getting any results. Yeah. I just added three weeks to my diet for no reason. I'd rather just go, okay, right to 1700. Yeah. We know that's where you're going to lose weight. Yeah. You know? Touche. All right, cool. Next one comes from Coach Triz. Is that Tristan? I think so. Oh, Triz. What inspired your tattoos? Would you get one based on a book or a movie character? Hmm. I've thought about uh, getting a tattoo um, based on The Alchemist, which was probably one of the first books I read that really motivated me to start my own business. Um, it has nothing to do with business, mm. but it's a it's a dope book. Actually, I think it's on it's not on the bookshelf. Um, it's, it's it's on a, a bookshelf. It's on <laughs> it's yeah, not on this one, but the one I have at home with hundreds of books. But the Alchemist is a story about a young boy who goes on a journey to find his treasure, basically. But he he runs into these omens and learns these lessons along the way, and it sounds like such a weird kids book when I say it like that, but. Yeah. A lot of people listen to this. I mean, it's such a famous book. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that read it, and it inspires you. And their whole thing is like finding your own personal legend. So it's like one of the sayings they say in the book all the time is, is I don't know if it's Maktub or Maktub, but M-A-K-T-U-B. And it, and it means, it translates to, it was written, which is something I've thought about getting tatted, Maktub. Because one, it was written is an, an amazing song and album by Nas. So like hip-hop history is... That's what was it called? It Was Written. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By Nas, and Nas is a legend. Yeah. Um, but It Was Written implies that, like, I'm right here for a reason, right? Like, and, and I believe that. Like, I think that, I do think everything happens for a reason, and I think that we're put into positions in life to do certain things, fill certain roles, affect certain people, create certain things, there's a reason leaders are leaders. You know, it, everything is happening for a reason. So it was written is like, I accept what is and, and I accept my responsibility, my role in the world, and I'm going to make it happen, you know. So I've always thought about getting macked up. I thought about doing a whole like like half sleeve or something on uh, like doing like a pyramid and having like a boy like walking towards a pyramid and then like sun and like a pharaoh and because it's in it's the stories played out in Egypt. The alchemist? Yeah. So okay. doing like a whole Egyptian theme because there's some really cool fucking Egyptian tattoos. Yeah. And I've thought about that a lot. Um, but Egyptian doesn't match my theme and I'm already I already started more of like a religious piece on my, my arm anyway. But I still think I'll get macked up somewhere. Yeah. I think that's cool. But other than that, I've never thought about getting a movie character or anything. I'm sure my brother will. I think my brother's doing a full, actually his is a video game. Full Here, Mario on his shoulders. Well, he's got Mario on his leg and he's going to put like, he's going to do other video game stuff, but I can see him doing like a Dragon Ball Z or something like that too. There's a lot of people who have Dragon Ball Z tats. He's going to be 60 and be like, man, I forgot about Dra Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> people said to me all the time, like, well, what are you going to do when you're like really old? But I'm like, well, first of all, I'm going to be wearing sweaters and khakis every day because that's what my grandpa wears every day. And two, I'm not going to give a shit what I look like at that point anyway. Yeah. 
So I'm going to be that badass old dude with tattoos all over him. Yeah. But, like, at least your tattoos you think about as a kid, as an adult, as a young adult, yeah. and as, I mean, unle- it, dude, more power to somebody if they're loving Dragon Ball Z at 60, but... Yeah. I don't think many 60-year-olds <laughs> like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Somebody listens to this podcast has a DVZ tat, and they're like, fuck you, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I grew up. I loved Dragon Ball Z when yeah. I was growing no, up. No, I'm not. But I wouldn't, on it, but I wouldn't but get a tattoo. It's a tattoo. It. Yeah, I wouldn't get a tattoo for it. Most of my tattoos are inspired by um, artwork and religion. Like, yeah. I find, I find uh, like, just Christianity, the Bible, uh, Greek and Roman uh, mythology and, yeah. and statues and shit like that really really fascinating and just cool looking like this one's a, this one's a statue these are statues on my chest um, from Rome this is St. Jerome I have Pieta on my chest which is uh, baby Pieta is Virgin Mary yeah there you holding go holding dead baby Jesus crying but Pieta means mercy so it's like have mercy oh. um, but the symbol for that in the Christian religion is is Mary holding baby and they call it Pieta whoa yeah um, and then the other one's a cherub, which is a baby angel. That's what um, I was talking about. Yeah, cherub, cherub, which I have on my arm too. So a lot of them are like that. And then there, there, but there is also ones that were like purely just like kind of what I'm into. Like, like this one's a heart. Yeah. And it has an actual a, heart. It's an actual heart, which I think Human is heart, not a dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like real, real heart. Yeah. And with angel wings and it says you can't reach the sky without heart. So it's like motivational, like. Follow your passion. Be you. Be authentic. You know, my leg, it says stay true. That's purely because I believe in authenticity. Ambition. Just, like, be ambitious, you know. Rose. Diamonds. Completely just because I thought it looked cool. (laughs) There's nothing. I mean, technically, a rose means love, and that's great. But, no. Initials. uh, My city. A quote from the Bible. I've heard a lot of people talk about roses. Like, tattoos as in, like, the thorns represent, like, the the storm and and the hard times in their life. And then it blossoms and you know come out on the good side yeah or like achievement or like growth there's a lot of symbols like like an anchor means a lot Uh, a lighthouse means a lot so like about a diamond but diamond i don't you can i literally was like okay i have my initials here and i have the city here but i need something to fill the space do a diamond (laughs) i literally was like yeah let's do that i have a bird up here that goes into my chest and i literally was like dude i need something to fill this space He's like, what do you want to do? I was like, draw something up. And he literally was Why'd just. Why'd you need something? Because I wanted it to attach. And he's just like, all right, let me draw something up. And he drew you a bird. You wait three months and think of something you wanted it to attach? No, it's artwork to me. And it's a dope fucking bird. <laughs> it looks sick. Um, sure? And then that goes into my chest, which says, just enjoy this life. And yeah. if that is like a, that's something that because of where I got it from, I might look at later on and be like. Whiz? Hmm. Uh, kind of currency. Yeah. Wisdom currency, jet life. Yeah. Uh, but I and that was, dope. you know, like me being young hoodlum skater, like into that kind of music. But the purpose of just enjoy this life is cool. Yeah. Like that's like step back and just fucking enjoy this life. Yeah. You know, be present, um, be present. Yeah. Um, I thought about getting, uh, Oasis <laughs> has an album and a song called be here now. And it's like being present. Yep. I thought about that. Um, but no, no movies. Uh, on my back, it's going to be an animal for the most part. Like, I'm getting one just huge fucking animal on my back. Probably a gorilla. No, no Blakely tattoos? Like a portrait? I have a bee on my leg for her. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then I have this, which is... Her she's, building block? She's the... <laughs> no, she's the triangle. So, we had to get something. So, me and Shannon wanted to get something for all of us, and she's not tatted up. So, yeah. she's like, let's just get something petite. 
I was like, all right, you choose, and I'll just get it. I don't care. And uh, I came up with it, but she liked the idea. But it's basically like a square symbolizes stability. A circle symbolizes uh, continuous flow. And then a triangle is pinnacle of success. So she's the pinnacle of our, of our success. She's what we created, Blakely. Yeah. Shannon's what keeps the family going yeah. and keeps us moving. And I'm, I'm the stability. Oh. So there's like a purpose behind it. Touche. John was like, is that a PlayStation symbol? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, no, it's not. But, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's like one of the first things John Romano said to me on the call. Yeah. He's like, is that a PlayStation symbol? That's awesome. I was like, no, it's not. But that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so no characters. No characters, but just a lot of words and representation. Yep. All right. The next one's going to come from, oh my God. Dude, you pronounced that. The last orange one. Nickelodeon? Uh, Nikolai. I think it's Nikolai Lugin. Like, I think it's two. Nikolai Lugin. I think it's kind of like how my Instagram name is Cody McBroom, one word. Nikolai Lugin. Okay. Yeah. Yep, that one. And uh, they say, what is... Him. Him? I said Nikolai Yep, that one. Yeah. Him. Them. Yeah. I don't know if he's a girl guy. I'm pretty sure he's a dude. Oh, you can be pretty sure. I'm going to be respectful <laughs> and say them. <laughs> um, They say, what... I'm assuming they say, what was your biggest mindset shift after becoming a father? <sighs> Fuck. Uh, biggest mind shift. They don't want four of them. Shift. They want the biggest one. Yeah, the biggest one was the realization of responsibility. Like, I'm responsible. Taking care of a human. Yeah, dude. Like, I'll never forget going home and being so fucking nervous of, like, there's this little child that it's. <laughs> Our job to make sure is okay. Shannon's mom stayed with us for a full week right when we came home. So it was like really comforting to have like an experienced yeah. mother help us. And I remember her leaving at the end of that week. Shannon just broke down crying. She's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And I'm, of course, I'm like, we got this. Don't worry. And in my head, I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, so, and it's, and it's, and it's scary because you're like, man, her life. And then you take on the responsibility of having to take care of Shannon and taking care of Blakely because yeah. she's yeah. nervous. Yeah, and she has to do a lot to take care of the baby at yeah. the time because the baby needs mom more than dad. Yeah. But, yeah, man, you just realize the responsibility that's actually on your plate. You yeah. know, like I have a responsibility to educate people in this realm. I have a responsibility to make sure the team is is doing what they need to do. I, I have a responsibility for you. I have a responsibility for Shannon, all that stuff. But the responsibility of a life form. Like, you know, like if, if shit goes sideways with us, you're still going to be alive. Yeah. Big I, difference. Big difference. I'm yeah. here with the baby. Like if I fuck this up, yeah. that's her life. Yeah. Like that's crazy. And, and she, she also had kidney issues. So like that made it even crazier and harder. So, um, yeah, I don't know that I, to me, the responsibility thing, but I think the thing it taught me in the mindset shift of like realizing what real responsibility was, it allowed me to see that all the other responsibilities I was taking on yeah. are like, they're big deals, yeah. but like, they're, they're cake compared to <laughs> compared to a human life, you know? Cake and not so serious. Not so serious. And it, to say it, and it like, allowed me to do them better yes. because I had a different appreciation there you go. and understanding of For real responsibility. And I'd, be, and I'd be lying to say it because, like, me and Shannon have had this conversation multiple times of, like, when she asks me, like, cause she, can, she can read me like a book. So, like, if I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or anything, she immediately is like, what's going on, you yeah. know? And I'll be honest, like, the thing that gets me the most is when like all of the responsibilities and pressure feels like it's too much. Yeah. And then you get to this point where it's like, I'm just fucking like 
I'm like, I feel like I'm at max capacity for sure. I'm going to explode, you know, but then I have to step back and be like, okay, we can do this. I have help like blah, blah. And then kind of regress back, you know, but that responsibility helped me manage the other responsibilities in my life so much. So I think that was a big mindset shift for me. Um, what was your biggest mindset set shift when, uh, how did your mind shit? (laughs) Um, when you, uh, when you like became engaged, like, I mean, I'm sure like when you, when you first proposed or like, it's just like, all right, let's party, you know? But did you go home and kind of sit back and be like, I'm getting married now. Or have you not had that shift yet? You're going to have another shift. There's another level when you actually get married. Yeah. Yeah. You walk down the aisle. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I truly felt, yeah, I did. I mean, it was, it was, I was two thirds of the way of the commitment. Yeah. You know, like dating's one third and then, engaged and then married but yeah I don't know I I did have it but I it wasn't as as intense as I thought maybe not thought but yeah because I felt engaged like four months into dating yeah like I was committed yeah maybe not four months but like so we were dating for a year and a half a year and a half or a little more before we got engaged, but yeah, probably like nine months in, I, 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 f- I knew I was going to get engaged. Yeah. So it felt engaged, but I don't know. Like it was a very, not overwhelming, but it was a great feeling to be engaged, but it wasn't like I, I had a revelation or yeah. I had to like change my life or getting like legit married. Yes. is like a whole nother. And it's weird because when you go into the wedding, you're like, I've been with this person for years. Yeah. I'm already here. I'm yeah. already committed. Like what, what's going to be different? Yeah. But it is, it's so weird how your mind just changes and you're just like, holy shit. Like I have a new responsibility or I have a new purpose or like I got to show the fuck up Yeah. because on paper yep. and like what I think what for me, once I put the ring on me, cause That's she had crazy. a ring for yeah. however long, you yeah. know, we were engaged for a year before we got married. So she maybe even a little bit longer than a year. Yeah. Cause Blakely was well over a year Yeah. and we got engaged before she was born. So I think it was two years until we got yeah because i i proposed to her oh yeah on, when uh like a couple months after we found out she was pregnant yeah and then we got married so that was september it was the fall and we got married a year and a half later in summer yep damn yep but forgot about that i thought yeah. it was this next summer but it wasn't yeah i think i think to me like the the biggest thing from all of it is when you have something when significant you, when you have something significant in your life that includes people you truly care about because even like with our team like we're so tight-knit that it's I feel like a really big responsibility to make sure that I show up and make like make this happen for them Mm -hmm. you know and it's the same thing with your child the same thing with your wife um, or your husband you know and your family but I think it's important to have people you love in that bubble and in that circle so like that responsibility has way more purpose for sure when you get shit done yep you know yeah man I think the ring on my finger will be an eye opener. You know what kind of ring you're going to get? Yeah. A round one. I know that. Duh. But like, are you going to silver, gray, black, wood, gold, black? Yeah. Wood? <laughs> they make really, really nice wood ones now. No. They're yeah. like, like they'll have like the wall and silver and then they'll have like wood with like coating over and stuff. They actually look dope. Maybe they're, like, they're maybe like a chrome silver, but. I haven't even. I haven't thought about it. I haven't thought about it. I haven't looked at him. I knew right away. I was like black. 
I'm yeah. just gonna get black because I wear black so much. It makes I'm sense. Definitely, I don't want like a metal ring. I want like a rubber, like, like a. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm just talking on my ass. I don't know, but this thing's fucking heavy. Yeah, I it didn't looks know, heavy. I didn't know until I held Vinny's and I was like, "Holy shit, dude! This is like <laughs> feels like a piece of foil." And he's like, "Yeah, why is why did you get the heaviest ring you could possibly get?" I was like, "I don't know," because all men's rings are cheap as hell. Yeah, his is made out of some crazy carbon fiber. No, that's it, what I want. No, I'm pretty sure it was like material found on a meteor or something like oh that from space. Like just God. some crazy shit, <laughs> and it like glows green. Yeah. Like it's it's trippy. He could tell you all about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a story. Yeah. But I had some, I have some rubber ones. I just don't like them. Once I had this heavy ring on my finger, I don't want anything else on there. Like it, it's like, it's like people say like, I got to wear a belt yeah, or like a watch. It's like that comfort thing. There's something about having a heavy ring on my finger. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's the last one. Last one. Yep. So that's a wrap. It's good to have the Q and A's back guys. Have yep. a, Fucking awesome. I don't swear very much. Have a fucking awesome new year. <laughs> 2000, 2021. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Word. Oh, yeah. What's the word of the year? Yep. Did you think about yours? Yes. Joe's and I had what a deep conversation in the car the other day. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. It's either. <laughs> you I'm just said you know. Uh, it's. I couldn't figure out which one I wanted. It's either. I think it's. Consistency. Consistent. Or what's the other one? Discipline. Discipline. But you can be disciplined enough to be consistent. I think, I think, mine's discipline con- is mine's what? consistency. I'm already, people stopped. need discipline in order to be consistent That's my and point. be motivated. Yeah. So mine's consistency. I like it. Um, I thought I said more discipline. Last time. I don't know. But now I don't fucking remember. Yours I was, think discipline's better, dude. Really? Dis- yeah, because discipline, like, there's this big thing about, like, better. Well, even that, that post that you helped me make, right? Like, People rely on motivation so much they need to get fucking disciplined. Yeah. Because discipline helps you stay motivated and yeah. take action. Yeah. And when you take action, you get results. And when you get results, you get more motivated. Okay. But discipline keeps the fucking wheels turning. Yeah. Uh, somebody had a good analogy and they said, motivation is like NOS in your car. <clears throat> you hit the button, boom. You know, you have a quick burst of energy. But self-discipline is the gasoline. Yes. Your car is going to keep running yep. on gas. You know, so... Um, I love I love this one. I think that's what was that. What was that same idea? That what Jordan Syed said to you? It was like, um, the success loop. No, maybe action result motivation. Y- yeah, don't watch a bunch of motivational videos or like something. Yeah, so like a lot of people rely on motivational videos and things like that to help them take action so that they yes, can get take results. take action so you can be motivated. Yeah. There you go. But we're saying take action so you can get results and that res- those results will motivate you. you. Love and that. And then the power of that is is if your own results are giving you motivation to take action, that's completely different than me relying on somebody else that's to try dope. to motivate me to take action. Yeah. Right? Because I'm not in control of that. Yeah. You know, some days you're just not motivated. Yeah. So take fucking action. Yeah. Because you will get motivated. But if you're relying on motivation to take action, you're screwed. Yeah. But some, people, some people are like, I can't take action unless I'm motivated, though. I think my word is stillness. Sick. Because Whoa. for the last four years, it's been go. Yeah. Grow. Expand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like accelerate. Like, let's go, 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 go. And I don't know if I like that word. I, for I, want, me- I want to keep going. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> We don't need you to be still no. for to an extent. The thing I've learned though more this year than ever before is that it's getting to a place. Everything in my life is getting to a place that I, I can't grind through it alone anymore, you know? And, and I have to accept that like 
I need you. I need the team. I need my wife. Like I need those things in place. So I have to let go of shit, you know, and, and let you guys do stuff and her do stuff. And like me, like kind of take a back seat and just like process, you know, I mean, even like to the point where you move so fast that you actually like think about like, man, I've never even sat down and appreciated what, what I built. Yeah. You know, and I have, but like, there's plenty of times where I'm like, I haven't even celebrated or appreciated or rewarded myself in months. You know, we've had all these accomplishments, but I just keep going. Yeah. So to me, like, it, it definitely doesn't mean we're, we're going to grow. This is going to be the biggest year we ever have. I guarantee you, because we're in a good place to catapult the team now. Yeah. But to me, I know that I need to be able to create that stillness for me to remain calm, remain happy, fulfilled, not get anxiety and stuff like that. One of the things I'm trying to do is is get off work a little bit early so I can spend two full hours training, which would just be a long fucking time. But like, I want to be able to go in and fuck around and train and I'm going to learn Olympic lifting. I'm having Zach come every yeah. Thursday starting in a couple of weeks. I want time to be able to just do that, you know, and listen to music. And yeah. but right now it's like, go, got to get it, you know, got to get it done because I don't have much time. So, but I think stillness is a different word for me, but I think it's the, probably the best one that I need, if I'm being honest. For sure. Calm me down a little bit. Cool, man. Everybody, set a word for yourself. It is 2021. 2020 kind of sucked. I think we can all agree on that. But that means 2021 can be really fucking great. But you should set a focus word to step into the new year and attack. And be ready to change. Let's get it. 